So we all know uh, this common uh, this common theme that there are very limited products when it comes to being uh, accessible to us as Muslims. Uh, Statistics Canada tells us that we have the lowest participation rates in home ownership, as well as capital and private markets. And this is not because of our personal financial balance sheet. Okay, this is because there is a lack of products in the market. And uh, this is one of the, the, the themes that I advocate on day in and day out when I'm speaking to the general public, uh, as well as future investors. And when it comes to Islamic finance, it's not just about riba, okay? A lot of people think that riba is the main principle that we need to avoid, riba being interest uh, or usury, as it's uh, stated in the Quran, uh, and when it isn't, right? Uh, we, I can give you two numbers, I can divide them by two, and I can give you a percentage outcome as a result of that. That does not mean that there is riba uh, as a, with respect to the transaction. And the best example that I can give you um, is if I were to provide you halal meat and non-halal meat, and I asked you to identify which one is the halal meat that is in front of you, and you probably wouldn't be able to tell me. And the reason why is because the outcome, what you see on your table is exactly the same. But we all know that the way that one cow was slaughtered was different than the way the other cow was slaughtered. The way that, what, that one cow was drained was different and one was blessed and one was not. So what are we focusing on here is the process, right? This is the, the, the major identifying difference when it comes to whether an Islamic financial transaction is halal or not. And the best example that I can give you is if we take a look and we say to ourselves, sorry, if we say to ourselves, we have uh, a situation where we can maximize profit while minimizing or mitigating risk, okay? And this is usually the approach of conventional finance. We want to put ourselves in a situation as a financier or lender where we can mitigate the risk. We will put all of these covenants and clauses to ensure that the risk is mitigated, but at the outcome, we get to maximize our profit. This is what we call riba, okay? We can have the opposite situation where the probability of loss is super, super high and the probability of profit is really, really low. This, again, you know, if we look at some of the options that are available, could be associated with gambling, right, or speculation. There are some investment instruments that involve that speculation. So this is where we come now and say, maisir and gharar. Where Islamic finance comes into place is really right in the middle, right? This is where there's a balancing act between the two parties. There is a balancing act between the transactions. So prior, I said, you know, there has to be shared risk. There has to be an asset behind the transaction. There, there needs to be clear and transparent terms when it comes to the contract itself. And then, of course, there cannot be this uh, unintentional earning of money on top of money that is unearned. And so where do uh, Sharia-compliant institutions come into place? So if you were to go to any uh, Muslim country, including, you know, Western countries like the UK, you know, there is a, a strong Islamic finance market. And so what do these banks or institutions have that these, not, that these conventional uh, institutions don't? And the number one thing being is they are abiding by the standards the guidelines that are set by AOFI. Now, AOFI is a regulated entity by the Central Bank of Bahrain, 
They are based in Bahrain, and it stands for the Accounting and Auditing Organizations for Islamic Finance Institutions. There are only 330 of these institutions globally, and alhamdulillah, Menzel is one of them. In fact, Menzel is the only one in Canada that abides by these standards and guidelines, okay? And there's, not only do you have to have the maintenance, but there's, there are third-party and external validations that need to happen. One being having internal Sharia auditors that are certified by AOV. You have to have an active three-member Sharia advisory board, and you will also have annual independent audits or certification certifications on all of your products, as well as the organization itself, okay? So, let's now talk about the three main types of transactions that we can enter into as a financier and you as clients, okay? Uh, the first one being Musharaka. And we may have heard of this term, this is basically a partnership model where the two of us would enter into an agreement and I would say, I'm putting 80% of the, of the cash or the financing. You're going to put 20% of the cash in the financing. You, you could, and then at the end of the day, we will share in those profits and losses together. So if this particular investment opportunity increases, I will gain 80% and you will gain 20%. If this particular investment opportunity decreases, I will lose 80% of what that uh, loss would be and you would lose 20%. Okay. Another structure uh, that is well known as well is called Ijara or Lease to Own. And this is where us as the financier, we would put up to 100% of the cash for the particular asset uh, of that transaction. We would then get into a rental agreement with you or a lease agreement where you would not only pay basically the purchase price, but there would be a financing premium on top of that, embedded within that one price. And at the end of the day, you would make these payments along the way. And on the very last payment, this asset would now be transferred into your name and into your ownership. Okay. The last and final one is Murabaha. And, uh, and this is the structure that we actually use for our uh, home ownership model. Okay. Uh, and so there's, again, this is very similar to the lease to own or Jada model where we are the financier, um, you are the home buyer, uh, and then there's the, the third party, which is the home seller. We would come in and we would finance up to 80%. So you have to bring a minimum of 20% as a down payment to the property. We would buy that property on your behalf. This is very important because this is where the sharing of risk is acceptable or, um, uh, yeah, acceptable by the scholars. And so once we purchase this property, we will then sell it back to you for a single price of whatever the underlying financing rate would be for the full term, okay? So this is not a renewable product. This is a mortgage that will give you a financing rate of terms of up to 25 years. This is the first of its kind in Canada. I, I, we will get to questions after, inshallah. Uh, and so to give you a numerical example, right? So on the left, you will see how traditional lenders work. Whereas on the right, again, you will see how Menzel does it. And again, you focus on the outcome. It is exactly the same. How we go about that process where our fund buys the property first, 
you still bring in the down payment, we finance the, uh, the, the difference, right? And we set a term, and that is basically non-negotiable once it's signed off on, and you then have this one single monthly payment that will never change for the full term. And I'm happy to discuss the nuances and the details later. Uh, if we look at now the underlying product features and benefits, okay? So again, it's not just about the transaction, but once you have this asset in your possession, what are my rights as a lender, or a financier, excuse me, and what are your rights as uh, the, the, the client of that transaction? So in Canada, 98% of mortgages revolve a fixed, around a fixed five-year closed rate, okay? So forget about the, the interest that you're paying. The fact that this product is renewable, you have now entered into the space of gharab, right? Speculation, uncertainty. You do not know what your rate is going to be in five years. You do not know what your terms are going to be in five years. You do not know anything, right, until that time. With our product, there is no such situation. Uh, we have uh, basically uh, no renewal risk as a result. We do not charge penalties if you wanted to get out of your mortgage early, if you have late payments, uh, or if you default on any of your payments. We do have recourse on the asset itself because as a financier, we are entitled to that recourse with respect to the amount that we finance. But if there has to be some fairness along the way. Uh, I'm happy to discuss this with you guys well. Uh, I'll touch on this briefly because everybody always asks about kind of where we fit in with our rates. I always tell people this is an apples to orange comparison because there's no lender in the market that will lend you up to 25 years, especially on an open rate uh, mortgage. We are the only ones that do that and our financing rates are between three and a half and five and a half percent, specifically dependent on term, not dependent on your credit uh, criteria as long as you meet our minimum requirements. So how do we fund this, right? This is the number one question that everyone asks us, where do we source our capital? Okay, and I tell the community, we source the capital from you. What we've done is we've actually established the very first income deriving halal investment fund. Let me repeat that. This is not an equity based product. This is an income deriving halal investment fund. Where does the income from come from? It comes from the underlying mortgages. This is a financing vehicle, a halal financing vehicle. All of our certifications can be found online at menzil.ca. Um, and so basically as investors, we enter into a wakala agreement. Okay, so what is a wakala? A wakala basically means that you and I are entering into agreement that you will give me money and I will manage this on your behalf and I will charge you a fee that is not dependent on the performance of that asset or of that investment, okay? And so if we uh, look at this from a, a visual perspective, you as the investor will place your money into the Menzel Fund, us as the managers of the Menzel Fund will then uh, finance the underlying mortgages under our Morabaha structure, you will have a number of uh, clients that own, uh, that enter into this transaction and will make payments back into the fund as principal and profit. From those profits, we then take our management fee and we then give you the net benefit as a quarterly distribution. Right? 
Our target, our target uh, rate uh, for 2020 is in and around 4%. Again, I hear all the time about people trying to save what they're saving in non-interest-bearing savings accounts. It's at 0%. It's eroding capital because you're not even keeping up with inflation. And some people may be investing some of their investments in equity-based, um, you know, which can be a little bit more volatile. And this is how you can complement the other side of that volatility with a more income-deriving based income, and you balance it out with that diversification strategy. So, um, yeah, so this didn't come out as clear as I'd like it to be, so I will skip that. But where we fit, basically, is, if, you know, if, if, if obviously all of the other instruments are haram, right? They're interest-bearing, long-term bonds or GICs. Uh, we can come in and basically actually provide you a premium on what's in the market today. Uh, and again, at the end of the day, it is completely halal. Um, it is RSP and TFSA eligible. Um, this is available directly through us as an entity. Um, and so uh, there are uh, less fees, I would say, associated with a product like ours. Um, you do not get kind of like a full-blown financial advisor, but you do get advice along the way with respect to our product, and it will complement you know, your other investment solutions that you have, right? You know, we're, we're on the income side of the balance sheet. Um, you know, most of the advisors that are here today will be discussing kind of alt assets on the, on the equity side, right? Uh, and so we're a nice balance between the two. Uh, and so if you guys have any questions with respect to either of these products, uh, we are a Toronto-based entity, alhamdulillah. Um, it is available across Canada, so it doesn't matter kind of the jurisdiction that you're in right now. Uh, and, oh, I have five minutes left, so I can open up to questions then, right? Perfect. Okay, great. Brother, I know you had your hand up. Did I answer your question, or did you have one? Um, kind of, partially answered it. So, with the comparison of the interest you're fixing, you said here in Canada we have five-year fixed rates. Compared to US, we get all 25 to 30 That is correct, yes. Essentially, you're following that model. You give an upfront 30 year model Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, so the question was um, because Canada uh, and the institutions rely on more of a five year marketplace with respect to the mortgages, um, our model is similar to in the US. So if any of you guys uh, have been to the US, uh, it's very common to get a 30 year you know, fixed rate mortgage or up to 30 year. Uh, so this is essentially just like that, right? Um, so, you know, your, your payments are defined for the full term uh, and, and this is why it's kind of a new thing in Canada because nobody's kind of really done it, but we are modeling ourselves after that, yes. Last question, what's the management fee? So the management fee on the fund? Yes. Yes, uh, we charge up to 1% depending on your share class, uh, but we are taking on for kind of the first $10 million of investments, we're reducing that fee by 50%. Um, so it'll be ongoing, like indefinitely. So it'll be a 50 beeps management fee uh, on that, and no other additional fees like advisory fees or anything like that. This is this is MER directly because we are the product manufacturer. Yeah. Yes. Um, the credit sale process. Yes. So you're making um, you're valuing the house at an inflated price based on future potential gains. So, so yes, uh, very good question. Um, so actually what we do, and you know, this is part of the secret sauce and why we submit a patent on this model, 
Um, we've avoided, so there's three main things with respect to a modal structure that you can potentially come into from a tax perspective. You can come into double land transfer tax because of the buy and sell. You can also come into a capital gain situation because essentially I'm buying something at 500 and could be selling it to you for a million. Uh, and then there's also potential HST ramifications because we're not identifying these financing revenues as interest, but, but revenue technically or income. Uh, so our, our proprietary model has resolved all of that, right? So our product is not inferior from a tax perspective or from a, a competitor perspective. And so that's why it took us 15 months uh, to create this structure between our legal team, our audit team, as well as our Sharia board, uh, because this was essential for me in particular to get this product to market. I didn't want there to be any disadvantages uh, bringing this to the, to the public. Does that answer your question? Okay. So let's say it's four hundred thousand dollars right now. We're setting the price at five. Yes. Um, in five years, let's say it's actually more than three hundred. Yeah. Less likely, but if that happens, who bears the loss? I guess. It's Very good question. Yes. Did everyone hear the question? Did they understand? Okay. Repeat it. Oh, for the okay. Yes. So the the sister's question was. Um, if we enter into this agreement where, um, you know, I buy the house for 500 uh, and then, you know, I sell it back to her for, um, you know, the financing uh, plus uh, principal, let's call it 600 and then five years down the road, she wants to sell, but the sell is now under the value that she even purchased it at, who would bear the loss? So the, the fund actually bears the loss, okay? Um, so because all of our mortgages are pooled, um, the fund bears the loss, but I will give you uh, some stats. Uh, so Canada has the lowest default rate in the world. Uh, it's 24 in every 10,000, and it's only that high because of our Alberta neighbors uh, and the economy that's going on there. In Ontario, it's actually nine in every 10,000. It's very, very low. And based on our applicant pool, mashallah, you know, everyone that's come to us, you know, with large down payments, you know, no debt on the books, uh, we're a very risk averse and debt averse community. Uh, so I would suspect it's actually lower, right? Uh, and so, but yes, in, in a worst case scenario, the fund would bear that loss. Uh, but we've modeled that out within our 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 um, our portfolio, so we've we've accommodated that. Now, how about the question, right? So there's a reverse question of, well, what if I want to sell within the 25 years, right? Um, but I owe you a million dollars, and I'm selling at seven. You know, the million is your profit plus premium. So what happens as a lender, uh, we as a lender, or you actually as the client, have the ability to request from the lender uh, a discount, okay? And so what will happen is, from a Sharia perspective, because if otherwise it would be looked as like a loan, uh, and then there are complications with that. Uh, and so you would come to us and say, you know, I've gotten this inheritance, I just came into a large sum of money, I want to pay this off in full. Right? And so we would request a discount, we would do a pro rata discount based on what the principal amount would be owing today, and then we would do basically a profit forgiveness right, for whatever the remaining profit would be uh, for the remainder of that term. Make sense? Yes? Last question? Okay, last question. What happens to your mortgage if the company goes bankrupt? Yeah, so all the mortgages are held by the fund. Um, we, and uh, so they're securitized against the fund, the investors of the fund. It has nothing to do with us at the end of the day. Like if Menzel as a corporation 
Allah subhanahu goes bankrupt, uh, then everything is intact. And as investors, your security is in the fund, which is against all of the real estate, right? Uh, and so basically you will, you will maintain, the, the investor will maintain the distributions that come back in as long as they continue to make their payments. If they don't continue to make their payments, then we would move forward with our basically power or default process. So post 90 days, so post three months of not being paid, we would then say, okay, we are going to move forward with a power of sale or sell the house. We'll sell it at market value. Whatever is owed to us from a principal perspective is ours. Whatever is remaining profit goes back to you. And again, this is not what happens in the marketplace, right? So like I said, just as final thoughts, it's not just about riba, and it's not just about riba and the transactions. It's about the riba, the transactions, and what happens post me being a client. What are my covenants? What, how are my rights being protected as a result of being post-transaction in, uh, in this asset? Okay? Jazakallah khairan. Really appreciate it, and uh, happy to answer any more questions uh, post uh, the seminar. And inshallah, I hope you enjoy the rest of the presentations.